Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, jam-packed um, uh, edition of Hardcasters. I'm lying. There, we, haven't, we don't talk about jam at all. We, we're jam-free this week, um, as all weeks. We're not planning on adding jam, um, but we're not ruling it out. Uh, but we are Hardcasters, the podcast that eats chili dogs and cold pizza and still maintains 6% body fat. Um, I am here, as always. I'm Dom Deplum, and I am joined, fresh from leaping from an exploding building, it's Dick Visage. Hello, I'm uh, currently on stakeout with uh, a six-pack of donuts and one of those Chinese boxes that you only get in America. Um, yeah, little just getting it takeaway boxes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it likely at some point you'll have to drive fast to catch up with someone and uh, the hot coffee will fall in your crotch? Yeah, absolutely. And then the noodles will go everywhere, and I'll I'll, I'll yeah. be you know cursing that piss in my pants. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be much hilarity. <laughs> much hilarity. Um, so we've got uh, we kind of deviate here a little bit because we're bringing in we're talking about a, uh, what is technically a genre hybrid. We're not just sticking straight to action, but I think it is very much the case of a another genre sort of invading the very uh, typical structure and form of the kind of action cop movie which we're so used to. Um, and as always, we've thought about uh, both big-name action stars of the kind of 80s and 90s and picked films of theirs that aren't necessarily the most famous ones. Um, and in this case, and I'm going to be unashamedly... Um, gushing over this movie this should be Dolph Lundgren's um most famous film this should be the one that people know him for because I think that Dark Angel aka I Come in Peace is and I'm not gonna mince my words here I think it's a perfect movie um and when I say perfect I don't mean best movie ever made um although I it might be in the running um I mean that for what they were trying to achieve as a kind of mid-level action movie. It's not by no means cheap or nasty or feels straight to video or, or TV movies, but it's clearly not a big, expensive movie. Um, for what it is, I don't think it puts a foot wrong. There's no point in that film where I think, you know what, this this scene would have been better if... It, it does I don't know if you feel the same. It barrels along nicely, I think. It's kind of, it's a, what, 88 minutes, and it kind of doesn't feel like it wears any of that out. What's quite nice, you say genre hybrid. However, mm. in the last episode, we did do that, where we, you know, we threw Chuck oh, yes. into sci-fi. So this quite, this nicely segues into yeah. that, I think, because actually Dolph Lundgren, his... It is his kind of Terminator slash Predator film, isn't it? Because yeah, uh, we'll go over the plot in a minute, but essentially it mixes all those elements of it, doesn't it, together? Yeah, and it is it is kind of derivative of those things. It's got there's lots of stuff that is very Terminator, especially in um, Jan Hammer's score um, and the kind of urbanisation of this kind of thing. And obviously, the Predator. There's some kind of um, uh, parallels with the aliens coming down and the kind of multi-purpose gauntlet weapons and stuff like that. 
I think it also does a lot of stuff in avoiding cliche as well. Um, so this was a film I first saw, and I've talked about this a lot, um, not necessarily here, but uh, in other places where, um, actually I talked about it on, on, on Out for Justice, about my aunt and uncle getting Sky and me just recording kind of films on long play. And this was a film I first saw on a VHS recording from a Sky, uh, a thing that my aunt and, and uncle recorded for me. Um, and just remember really, really thinking, oh, this is great. Why have I never heard of this? It's got everything. Um, and I think it's, it's, the action's good. I think it's really funny. I think it's, um, and genuinely funny. It's not, it's not even sending itself up that there's, there's gags in there. But also the thing I was noticing when I rewatched it, uh, in preparation for this podcast was that, um, normally like in action films, you don't cast people because of their acting ability, especially in this, in this era. Um, and quite often, even the bit players, the walk on parts, the captains, the doctors, the nurses can often be quite bland characters. And actually I found every person that steps in front of the camera in this film is playing it like they're in a Coen Brothers film. They're a really good character. Like even the guy at the start who's faffing about this CD player, he's not just some, you know, producer's friend they've shoved in for a favour. He's generally quite, like, good at being comedy angry. Um, The guy guy who uh, is watching White Christmas and gets really sweary when he can't find his dog. And that's then, all he does. All he does is swear. There's no yeah. other words that come out of his mouth. He just just strings a load of, like, he talks about his dog, and he, I yeah. think he just, every other word apart from leg humping is a swear word. Yeah. Um, all the gangsters are really good because they're really slimy and genuinely quite unpleasant and you want them to die. And they look like um, lawyers as well. They don't look like gangsters. They look yeah. like lawyers. So it's almost like there's a play on that. 80s, 90s, yeah. yuppie. Actually, the gangsters are not like mob Italian-American mobsters. They're white-collar lawyers, kind of American lawyers. So it's almost playing with that a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, before we get on to talking about our, our main stars, I want to talk about that a little bit because that's the thing I found very interesting is the criminal organisation in this because... So it, it begins with two of these people breaking into an FBI building in um where are they i can't remember where they are they it's not it's not la i think it's somewhere in texas i'm sure they mentioned texas okay. somewhere uh, yeah and they're breaking into this place and to steal drugs and they blow it up with a bomb so it's a pretty significant opening um but these guys aren't like this kind of psychopathic criminal underbelly they are a heavily organized gang of of yuppies who have a business and they're known as the white boys and they're all suit-wearing, slick-haired, Wall Street-y-looking people that drive around in expensive cars. And they seem to just operate in full view of everyone. And there's a couple of things that strike that. So they, 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 they kill Dolph Lundgren's partner in the opening, and not in a kind of subtle way. They just shoot him. And he's on stage, um, out, isn't he, at the same time? And that's where it kind of leads to his moral compass going a bit astray. Yeah. Um, but also the bit where... They're driving along the street, and then suddenly there's a Porsche following them, and they just start opening fire on them in the street. Um, and it's clearly these who these people work for. And then Dolph Lundgren's like, "Well, right now I'm going to visit their headquarters, um, despite the fact they've tried to kill me." And they go in there, and then the 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 criminals just threaten them and point guns at them and talk openly about their drugs. 
and they, 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 you know, it's very much like they're walking into an evil lair rather than they're walking into a, a, a an organization that's trying to appear um, like they're they're legit. They just they just are quite happy everyone knowing that they're drug dealers and that they and I kind of like that openness a little bit. Yeah, but I also think. The, 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 our two stars, Dolph Lundgren and um, Brian Benben, who the only other thing I've ever seen him in is there used to be a American kind of sitcom on Channel 4 in the 90s called Game On, I think. I'm actually going to check that because I don't think that is the title. Um, hang on. But he, um, while you're looking at that, because he, he kind of appears as his part, as his part, he gets that kind of classic, here's your new partner. And yeah. I was expecting because I, I, I'll, I'll talk about my rewatching this, but when I rewatched it, I kind of forgot about his character. But when he appears back, he's you think he's he's going to be wet behind the ears because he's got a nice suit, on, but actually he's a bit of a he's also like a yuppie, isn't he? He's kind of got a white suit mm. white suit on. He bangs on about the rules and basically turns around to Dolph Lundgren and goes, "I earn more than you." So again, it's playing on that yuppie yeah. stereotype, and actually. He's pretty much for all the film, apart from the end, is an absolute knob. He's like the mm. proper real, just gets in the way. Just he's really irritating yeah. until the kind of final scene. So he's almost like the villains yeah. in it, isn't he? Like the, in the, in terms of the characters, but they they play off each other really well as well because it, it managed to do a thing of it being buddy cop, but it really is Dolph Lundgren as a lone wolf thing, and it gets that balance kind of right, possibly in a way that Lone Wolf McQuaid didn't, you know. Um, so sorry, the sitcom he was it was in was called Dream On, and I remember it because it was fairly racy. I believe there was some nudity in it, which struck me as odd for an American sitcom at that time. Um, but I think he's really good in it because they've clearly cast him as well because he's quite small. Yeah. And Dolph Lundgren is obviously a, a, a giant of a man, and just the physical thing plays off each other. And he's very good at being slimy and irritating, annoying, but also being engaging and charismatic and likable. He's not someone who you kind of wish was off the screen every time he appears on. Because some people find, I think I've seen films where people think, well, if we make this character un- unbearable, people will hate them. Um, and I think he, he, does, he is, does play an irritating character, but I, I, he's good on screen. He does it well, and he gets some good lines. Um, but Dolph Lundgren, I'm really impressed with in this film. He's not playing... I mean, this is, this is you know quite early on in his career, really. And, you know... He, he was very easy, and he had been for a while, being Swedish, being kind of in the in the early Schwarzenegger thing of he's got an accent, he's kind of European-looking, let's just make him a Russian and everything. And obviously, you know, he was in uh, Rocky IV, he was in uh, Red Scorpion, and a bunch of kind of, even the Punisher the year before this is kind of let's make him say very little and just be hard. But in this, he's not playing a kind of super muscular mega cop. He just seems like this guy who on the outset appears slobbish and troubled, but has got a very nice apartment. He's good at his job. Drinks wine, um, not beer as well. He, makes yeah. it, he kind of has like a, uh, a case of wine open when you see his, his apartment as well, with some nice art hanging on the yeah. wall. And he's, he's quite kind of down to earth and natural, which you know, three years earlier in Master of the Universe, you know, it, it it didn't seem like this guy was going to be a kind of naturalistic actor. It seemed like a, some muscles with a with a with a heavy accent. But this is actually, I mean, I'm not going to say he's he's acting acting, but he's he's kind of relaxed, engaging, and the two of them, and he's good at comedy. The two of them work off 
play off each other really, really well. Um, but again, it, it's it's peppered with characters. I love the the coffee-addled scientist that he takes the, he's the, great. He's the device great. to that yeah. they find it. Yeah. Um, and but even the partner gets killed. That conversation where we're talking about education, he's like, uh, "What university did you go to?" And he goes, "University of Suck My Dick." You think brilliant? That's great. That's quite near Oxford, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, between, yeah. it's on the. Uh, it's that one of those colleges. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, they're in the boat race, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I also like the fact as well that um, again, we'll probably cover this film. I hope we cover this film. But um, he goes into a bar, which again, classic eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. It's a bar, but it's, it's also full of women with a you know stripping and also the women are walking yep. around clearly exchanging money so again it's that blurred line between waitress prostitute yeah. stripper but then the guy they shake down yeah. is the guy from tango and cash the 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 kind of guy they go to make weapons, yes uh, which i can't remember the actor's name yeah um i'm gonna look it up because he appears in Bone, a lot the character's of stuff. called boner isn't he yeah uh, Michael J. Pollard. Michael, that's it. Yeah, Michael J. Pollard. Who now, if the name doesn't ring a bell to you, you will hundred percent know him if you just saw him. He's the um, he's the homeless guy who freezes to death in Scrooged, and he has been in so much. Yeah, you know, he's the kind of person when he pops up, you think, oh, it's that guy. You know, which made me smile and, a little bit when he appeared. I didn't yeah, know that when he appeared. There is a there is a little continuity here in there for those people that are into such things. Where um, so he um, in order to threaten him. He Dolph Lundgren pushes a a pistol into his crotch, um, as if he's going to shoot his balls off in there in the bar, um, which is a little bit of a an odd step character moment because uh, Dolph Lundgren doesn't come across as that kind of cop in this. Um, and then every time it cuts back to that close up, it's a completely different gun. Um, and I think that they they cut it together and realised it's not we we have to remind people the guns at this guy's crotch so they possibly went back and reshot that because it's a different shot and it's a completely different pistol that he's got in his crotch but that's just a little 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 continuity error so this film is littered with good people doing great things i think so and what's quite he kind of before we kind of go into the the plot side of it so where my viewing of it came from i saw it years and years ago probably like you in the same mm. you know kind of vhs world but what i think that I remember now, especially when I watched it last night, what kind of, you know, you get films, little bits of film details mixed up and it's a completely different film. But the mm. the cop and the villain who are kind of, we don't know where they're from. It never gets explained where they're from. Yeah. But they're either from the future or from an alien world and they're kind mm. of bigger and kind of power. But, but it reminded me, and I think I always, when I saw them around the same time, as the Hulk Hogan vehicle Suburban Commando. Because the two villains right, yes. in that that come to Earth to chase him look like the two kind of the the good yeah. cop and the the drug dealer guy in this, and they, like it's almost like costume for costume. So I think yeah. I, there's a little oh, yeah. bit of that. I saw it around the same time and got a bit confused between the two. Completely different films, but yeah. Um, so the aliens. So one of them is Matthew Hughes, who's in a lot of kickboxing movies, and he play. I mean, his his job is to look intimidating. He does. Um, and the basic plot is he's come to earth. He's an intergalactic drug dealer and the most tradable and valuable drug in whatever planet or galaxy they come from is human endorphins. So his plan is to come to earth to, um, steal heroin off drug dealers, which in this case are the aforementioned yuppie white boys, uh, inject it into a person. Then as that person's getting high, 
So he ejects it into their chest, and as that person's getting high, he, he kind of pops this kind of long blade-like kind of Wolverine blade out of his wrist, jams it in their forehead, and then sucks the endorphins out of their brain into little glass canisters, which is then going to fly back somehow. Uh, his ship seems to explode when he lands, um, and uh, trade it for money, which means that you get a bad alien, you get a good alien chasing him, but you also get them mixed up in drug dealing. So whereas quite often you're waiting for the the goodies to come into the path of the alien here, if the good guys aren't ever involved with the alien, they're involved in traditional action movie stuff with drug dealers, which means that the, the action rattles along, there's no, there's no slow points, and it, it really it's really good at knowing... Well, actually, we've got okay. We've got three minutes for this scene. Let's put a, a fun actor in there, have a bit of fun, then move it on to the next one. Right now, we can hit an action beat. Now, it gets back to some more fun actors. So it really rattles along, and all the kind of um, dramatic beats and all the comedy beats really work. And it's got another thing which I'm gonna now. I think I think, it, I, think it, I, I don't know how clear it comes across just from from the few episodes we've done, but we I wouldn't characterize us as kind of butch, macho, actiony type people in real life. Sadly not. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think you're fair. Um, we're not kind of, you know, our, our interest in kind of violence and car chase and guns is purely on screen. We're not the kind of people that spend a weekend driving fast cars or going down a shooting range. So my knowledge of, of, uh, 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 of cars and guns, I have a little bit, but it's entirely cinematic based. Yep. So when, I, when I'm about to start talking about weapons... It's not that I own one or I'm going to buy one. It's that I just like seeing this thing come back. And that is a gun um, that is very recognisable. So the aliens have this gun, which in this film, when they has four settings, and each setting uh, makes things explode slightly bigger. Um, so they just fire and things blow up. Yeah. And this gun is supposed to be a space gun, um, but it's actually a gun called a Calico um and it's kind of i think 950 or something like that um and it's kind of unusual because it's a kind of pointy shaped gun and the cartridge goes on the top at the back mm. and this gun pops up a lot in late 80s early 90s movies because clearly it's an interesting looking weapon so for example um stallone's brandishing one at the end of tango and cash mm-hmm. um there's a film with michael bean called time bomb which um I don't know, we might get to at some point. Um, I hope so. But they use that a lot in there. Um, and, I mean, I don't know how... how I, I don't tend to see that gun used widely uh, anywhere else. It doesn't pop up in Call of Duty games or anything, so I don't think it's particularly uh, a well-used gun. But for a little bit of time, people obviously found that interesting enough to throw in to a whole bunch of movies. But here, they're, they reckon it, they're claiming it's just a space gun. And what a gun, it just blows shit up. I think didn't they just put LED lights on it to make it look like a space? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, along, along the side, and, a bit and changed the sound effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the end mm. scene. So what you kind of what it's building towards is very, is very mid, mid to late eighties, early nineties, where it ends in a disused factory slash mill slash power mm. plant. It seemed like yes. In in the picture of these action films and a bit of science fiction films, where do we end the film? In a disused power plant. Yeah. Don't know why. There must have been like yes. loads of them knocking about in America at that time. They go, right, we're filming there. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is also another kind of um, offshoot genre um, that's kind of as a result of Aliens and Terminator. 
of kind of 90s movies that that have space marines versus some kind of robotic um killer things like apex and uh Nem- the nemesis series and um something else something force um and those films always end up in a co- like a disused concrete mill like this this post pocket wasteland um that i suspect is the same one in every film it's clear this this location that's in the middle of nowhere there's nothing on the horizon it looks like a mad max set and they can just film and blow shit up and not have to worry about disturbing anyone um so i think there, there must have been like four or five industrial places that were kind of just well, we can film here, and it won't. You know, you've got free access, and I think that's like Robo, that's why they often end up Robocop as well. Robocop. I think it looks like the same one as Robocop. I think as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets ended in a in a factory like that as well. So it must have been the same one. Yeah, just had knocking about. Um, so this was um, this film was directed by Craig R. Baxley, who was a stunt guy. He did a lot of work on the A Team and directed a couple of episodes. And immediately after doing the A Team, he had a run of three movies. The first one of which was Action Jackson with Carl Weathers. Then he made this film, Dark Angel, a.k.a. Come in Peace. And then he went on to make Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. What, what a trilogy. What a trilogy. Now, after that, he kind of went straight into TV movies. Well, why would, um, why would you, this, after that, how, how could you top yourself? How <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Top that? Quit while you're ahead. You know. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a start to a career matched only by John McTiernan. And so this is something, I, I don't want to get off too off topic. But John McTiernan, director of Die Hard mm. and Predator. Yeah. Okay. So Predator was his second ever movie. If you look at his IMDb, IMDb credits, he hadn't made short films or music videos. He made one movie. His second ever film as a director was Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, if not at the height of his, let's say Terminator 2 is the height of his career, very much approaching the summit oh, of his yeah. career. Yeah. His third ever movie is Die Hard. And his fourth movie is The Hunt for Red October. It's like, how do you go from making one movie to having those three movies in a row? Um, it's incredible. And I think Craig R. Baxley, with, with Action Jackson, uh, Dark Angel, and Stone Cold, is kind of a close second. Um, probably Tarantino is a third for good starts to a directing career. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is their, their trilogies there. I mean... Yeah. yeah, hopefully in a few episodes' time we'll cover either Action Jackson or Stone Cold with it's Brian the Boz Bosworth, wasn't it, if I remember right? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's either going to be Stone Cold or One Tough Bastard, well, yeah, I think, yeah, that's uh, it, for yeah. Bosworth. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this guy's got action shops, and again, it shows it's a very confident, you know, it never appears to cheap out. It's funny. It's exciting. It does everything you want it to do, and it it it, it lives up to the promise that it gives. It never, you never get to a point thinking, "Oh man, I wish that had been bigger or more expensive." Think, "Oh no, they did exactly what they they said they were going to do." Yeah. Um, so I love this movie, and I think that um, I I think that Lundgren doesn't get enough credit. Because I really like The Punisher as well, the 1989 Punisher. He looks like um, that as well. He looks like he's come from that set. He's got the dark hair, yeah. the leather jacket. It's a very yeah. similar look. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I think he did some really good stuff um, at that time, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. So, um, yeah, this one's an absolute an absolute gem. Um, at the end, when he fights, he has that big showdown at the end in, in said steel mill. They yeah. have uh, a fight, and it feels like... That's the fight that got choreographed for Universal Soldier when he was with Van Damme. But 
um, Dolph Lundgren was in the villain character in that, and it, yes. he, he, he kind of does that reverse kick, roundhouse, kicks him onto like a big pipe slash, you know, splintered mm. wood, and that's how it looks like very much like the ending of Universal Soldier. Which you kind of yeah. almost like not shot for shot, but they very kind of he turns around and kicks him. And it, what's the what's the closing line? It's I come in peace, oh. and you go in pieces, beautiful. asshole. Beautiful asshole. Sorry, not asshole. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of that thing where you think, yeah, you you set that up perfectly. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I love this movie. And we didn't even talk about, oh, just before we go on to, to keywords, we didn't talk about the, the, the other weapon the guy's got. So as well as having his kind of drug implant, implantation extraction device, as well as the Calico space gun, he's got a killer compact disc player. Yeah. Um, so basically he fires a disc, a silver metal disc that flies and bounces off things and that slices people next people's neck um and again if i were to describe that to you and say this is going to be a 1990 middle budget action movie you think that's probably gonna look ropey but they 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 managed to shoot around there and it generally looks like a threatening weapon um but i also like the fact that the very start is that guy struggling with the cd so they clearly know it looks like a cd and they're having a bit of fun with it um but i think if you were making a collection of um of uh movie weapons like if you were gonna if you had to go out on a zombie apocalypse and you could tool up with the best movie weapons, you know, you had a lightsaber, you had the glaive from Krull, yeah. you had um, the pulse rifle from, from Aliens or whatever, I would definitely have uh, that, that CD launching uh, gauntlet thing oh, well, as so one of the weapons. You don't have to do anything. Do a lot of damage. You don't have to do anything with it. Yeah. It does a lot of damage and you can sit, literally sit back and do frig all. Just fire it. Yeah. Even if you're shit aim. He'll hit somebody. Yeah. He just bounces off. Yeah, absolutely. You could just fire that off, and then in one hand be lightsabering people, and another, you know, firing your space gun and just blowing shit up, and eventually it would work its way back to you. It's a great yeah. weapon. If you're sat in, you know, a crowded place, and you're like, oh, there's loads of people sat in front of me for the train, or, you know, McDonald's. Just fire yeah. that. That'll clear them out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll make everyone's life so much better, um, it, more so than than the the smartphone. Definitely. All day long. If Apple, whoever gets in there, Android or Apple gets in there first, the Samsung um, Blade Disc Firer um, will change the way we live our lives. Absolutely. Now, last week I was incredibly, I got incredibly excited. This is not something that I think anyone else would get excited about um, because it's something that is accessible to everyone. But we decided that we would, um, that there were some keywords missing from. Uh, um, Lone Wolf McQuaid on on IMDb. So I went on and I added three, and they've all been accepted. So we added Rocket Car, um, Dead Dog, and Sex in the Mud in there because they didn't exist, and I thought they were key defining things. So now we don't know what I, I I haven't pre-looked at the plot keywords for Dark Angel. These may be adequate, but again, if there are things here that we feel are missing, um. Uh, then uh, we will definitely add them. So we've got white eyes, um, stiletto, which I don't remember why that's in there necessarily. No. I like the word, it's just got the word promise in there, which is quite nice. Vacation, punched in the face, two-man army, punched in the chest, corpse, yuppie is in there. <laughs> Someone's put the keyword surrealism in there. Now, 
I only have a cursory understanding of the art movement that's surrealism. And I don't think the Dolph Lundgren action movie Dark Angel really um, it's not up there, uh, qualifies. It? No. no, I don't think it's a surrealist film. I may be wrong. Um, so what would you expect to see in here? I I think I you know I think you hit the nail on the head early when you said about the guns or the Clicko gun. Mm. Actually, there's there's clearly a little niche market of films where they use that gun. So I think that 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 should be in there to kind yeah, of round up um, those films. So they've mentioned some by by name here. They've got Glock. They've got Desert Eagle. They've got Uzi. There's a lot of keywords on this though. I'm still scrolling. I haven't stopped scrolling since you started talking. So we will definitely had to had to have Calico to it. Um, I think really this is a pretty comprehensive list. I think there is uh, one missing. There is one missing. Gone. You know, clearly, you know, the, you know, the, the aforementioned Cock University that should be in there. You know, we we referenced the yeah. uh, uh, University of Suck My Dick, so there should be some mention of that in there. You know, Cock University. Yeah. Or uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll when I entered the last one, it, it seemed to want me to enter ones that already existed. So sex in the mud already existed on IMDb as a keyword. So, or, But if you're doing a unique one, it, um, it kind of asks you to, to qualify it. So I'll definitely, I, I will try and put in there something like Rude University or something like yeah. that and see if that, <clears throat> that, that comes in. But um, otherwise, that's a pretty comprehensive list mm. of, of keywords there. They've done well. Um, Houston, Texas. There we, ah, go. there we go. That's where he is. Reverse footage. Don't know what that refers to. It's a Christmas uh, film as well, isn't it? Yeah. So there's, 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 there's good stuff there. Um, well done, IMDb users. You've done us proud. They stepped their game up there after last week, I think. going to make the third movie in the dark haired Lundgren trilogy okay that started with Punisher in 1989 yeah. that moved on to uh, uh, Dark Angel aka Come in Peace in 1990 yeah and then so his next film after that he made a film called Cover Up with um, uh, Lou Gossett Jr and he's kind of back to his hair's dark in it, but he's kind of back to blonde, okay. kind of highlights. And then he makes Showdown Little Toko, which, again, is another film we are going to have to talk about oh, at yeah. some point oh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but, yeah, so this is uh, the – we're going to pitch the third movie in the dark-haired grunge cycle of Dolph Lundgren movies. So yeah. I think he's got to be playing a character – that's kind of scuzzy and down on his luck yep. kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to start us off here. Go on. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say that Dolph Lundgren in this movie is going to play a homeless man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I'm just going to pose that as a working title. Okay. Right. I'm not saying this is the title, but let's just work with Hot Tramp. 
Right, okay, hot tramp. Okay. Right. Hot tramp or or hobo heat or something like that. Okay. Can he have a beard as well? Big black He's, beard. So not only has he got kind of dark, kind of lanky, dank hair, yeah. but yeah, we've given him a beard, but it's a false beard. We've stitched it on, so it's okay. clearly fake. Now, I'm going to bring this up now, and I'm sure we'll get into other examples of this, because I don't know if people know that Dolph Lundgren is actually quite an accomplished human being. He's a, what is it, is a, is a physicist or a, yeah. a, a nuclear scientist or something? He's got like a, a, a PhD, PhD or something. Yeah. Um, and he's also a karate champ, so this guy can you know walk the walk and he's also really smart he was um, he was also in the so uh, viz spin-off fat slags uh, was he yeah he was <laughs> he popped up in that so yeah he's oh. he's, he's you know he's play, he's got a lot of strings versatile to he is yeah versatile. um and so you may notice in 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 dark angel although his character isn't established as a martial artist he does a couple of kind of reverse roundhouses and kicks mm. and stuff like that and that's actually a little uh, uh, um a fun little thing i like in movies is where you get uh people who have martial arts ability especially your mm. your jean-claude van damme stuff yeah and then you don't have them play a martial artist they just explicitly know martial artists yeah. martial arts so for example in jean-claude van damme's sudden death he's the fire safety officer at a hockey rink who just happens to be also the best martial arts uh, artist in the world. And there's one of my favorite examples of this, of mismatched careers with skill sets. There's a, there's a series of films, I'm getting a bit off track here, there's a series of films called The Blind Dead Trilogy. They're Spanish gothic horror movies right. about the Knights Templar have come back to life, and they're all kind of crusty zombies on horseback, on skeleton, skeleton horses, but they're blind because they've had their eyes pecked out by ravens, so they, they hunt by sound. And... Um, they're pretty good movies, but in the second one, they attack a small town that's having these celebrations, and the hero is this kind of 70s macho kind of uh, beefcake like you had in the 70s. They mm-hmm. look kind of out of shape, but they're yeah. not, and he's got like a, a kind of sheepskin um, waistcoat, kind of like Del Boy's coat, but a mm-hmm. waistcoat, and like a red uh, roll neck jumper, yeah. um, and he's kind of super tough and macho. And he's a fireworks organizer. That's the hero's career. is is a is a heroic fireworks organizer. So, why don't we go with that? The, then? He's had a weird career. He's homeless. Yes. But what about like yeah. he's homeless, but he was he was the uh, roller skating champion. So actually, yeah. he's really good at roller skating. Yeah. Or what's what's the um what's the <laughs> the kind of sports where you do the thing where you ski and shoot you know that weird olympic sport where you ski down a thing and then you stop and then you shoot some targets oh, those yeah. weird metal targets yeah and then you get on something else so yeah i like the, f- the fact that he he has been this uh this so okay so he was an olympian let's just leave okay. it at that okay he was a winter olympian okay right and that yeah. covers the nordic yeah yeah swedish kind of thing yeah that also will say did some work for the for the government some okay. kind of black ops stuff, but yeah. we never understand why. Um, and but he got sick of the of the high life and the bullshit and the money, and decided to voluntarily <laughs> become yeah. a homeless person. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I like the fact that he's still got all his old resources. Yeah. Like he's got a couple of garages somewhere full of weapons. He's got a. Um, a perfectly pristine beachfront house that's just like been mothballed yep. for the last 30 years. Um, so 
Okay, so he's a hobo. He's deliberately stayed out of the limelight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? What's our, our hobo's name? Um, so we've got Nordic. So we want to go for the yeah. Nordic thing, but we also don't want to make it too European. What about well, yeah, because I mean, it's got a pill to... So I, I think I, I would say one name's got to be a, like traditional kind of American English. Hmm. One name's got to be uh, not necessarily authentically Swedish, because the people writing this probably wouldn't have done much research. It's got to be vaguely Nordic sounding. Okay, you say yours and I'll say mine. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll so, Okay, uh, I'm going Nordic first name and comedy American second name. Okay, I'll do the opposite then. I'll do, I'll do American first name okay. and Nordic. Um, okay, um, ready? Yeah, ready, go. Bruno Svensson. <laughs> I've gone Sven, Sven reach around. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, how about how about just 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 to give it a little bit of a, a twist how about Sven Breacher round yes all right then let's do that Sven Breacher Breacher round yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, he's very good at downhill skiing yeah. he's a uh, Sven Reacher round <laughs> um, so okay <laughs> So uh, Sven Breacher, Bre- uh, Reach, Breacher Round yeah. um, is a former uh, Winter Olympian stroke government agent because obviously as an Olympian you travel. Yeah. Um, so you can do some undercover stuff. He's voluntarily given up all his wealth and fame mm. to become a full-time homeless person. Yeah. So do we do the old thing? Or we could do two, one of two things here. Either he witnesses a crime and feels compelled to intervene. Yeah. Or the past come back, comes back to haunt him. So it could be like the Jason Bourne thing of he gets caught up in a robbery and caught on camera mm. and someone from his past recognises him. Yeah. So how about there's a, there's a, there's a liquor store hold up, much mm. like there is in, in, um, in uh, Dark Angel. Yeah. So say so he's, he's, he's out, he's been, he, he's been begging for a while. Okay, he's got some money. He goes in to buy some booze. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's there, it's, it's robbed. And uh, should he have a dead daughter? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the reason why he gave up all the fame. Oh, and while he's in the... What, yeah. Maybe not dead daughter. What about his, his wife was a fellow Olympian who had mm-hmm. a really tragic... Olympic accident like he's famous that she had a, an mm. accident in the Olympics that he was competing at and he couldn't save her and he's turned his back and all that because he, he, he she yeah. died live and died yes time. okay so we're going to come back to that so he's in the liquor store yep. um, and the 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 people robbing it are going to kill a woman and that he has a flashback to his wife dying and he thinks like oh I can save a life here and he just gets into action and um there's a fight in the liquor store, and uh, it ends with him roundhouse, reverse roundhouse kicking someone through the, the glass window at the front. Yep. Um, the cops arrive, lots of pictures taken, and then a, and a, a spy ring recognizing him in the news mm. as someone who, and like the jigsaw connects to them. It's like, oh, he was, in, he was doing the Olympics in our country at the time. Yep. These things went missing, and we never quite got him. So... This is why I like the dead, the dead wife idea, the um, fridged wife, because he thought it was an accident. Yep. 
but someone <laughs> killed her trying to get to him. Yeah. And the guy that killed her is the guy that's now just recognised that Dolph Lundgren's, oh, wait, he's still alive and this is where he is. Yeah. So Dolph Lundgren has to fight off an army of an assassins in New York City yeah. as, a, as a tramp. And he uses the fact that everyone ignores him because he's a tramp to kind of glide through in plain sight. Can it be he's a tramp, but instead of New York, can he be in Vegas? Because yes. I imagine in that time, we could factor in the noir stuff quite well, because it's in Vegas, yeah. it's all neon, and we could push that little bit as well. So he's lots of kind of flickery neon and stuff like that. And that goes with his kind of scuzzy, he's gone there just to drink himself yes. to death, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the villain, to try and get to him... He's, he's trying to get to him for a long time, so much so he managed to work himself as one of the heads of the Olympic Committee to organise the Olympics. And In Las Vegas. Yes. And throughout previous Olympic flashbacks, we see that this, this guy has tried to send assassins and put them in to specific Olympic events to try and get him. So yeah. Like downhill skiing. So, but, yes. So all the assassins that attack him have an Olympic theme. Yes. There's like an East German female uh, weightlifter yes. who can try and bear hug him. Yep. There's, um, I think, I like the idea that someone tries to kill him by throwing javelins at him. Yep. There's yep. a discus thrower. There could be a um, curling team that have a bomb, so they're like sweeping around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. He's got to get a brush and sweep faster yeah. to try and get the bomb away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the curling scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, that's amazing. Um, I also like the idea of um, um, like a a, a te- like a teen gymnast girl. You know the ones that get trained in yeah. like in like Russia or China who have been training since they were like three. Um, who's got like the the, the, the silk tassel yeah. streamer things? Um, who kicks the shit out of him? Yeah, could he? Could um, he? Could his event have been curling? Should we just have that? That he's really good at the brushing <laughs> and he's like really like he's three of them and he's like, ha <laughs> fuckers, have this. Yeah. <laughs> uh so well, here's the thing. I thought the let's make him skilled at most limiting stuff, because I like the idea then that it builds towards the finale. Yeah. And the thing that has kind of frozen him as the as the hobo is not just the fact that his wife died. Mm. It's the mm. fact that he um he never finished. He was he was set to win the Olympics. Yeah. And never finished. So he now knows that the person that hired the assassin is a is a like head of Olympic committee. So that person's gonna be there in Las Vegas and he's gonna assassinate him back. He's had it with all these kind of um you know Olympic assassins. Mm. Um so he basically infiltrates the Olympics, like he he competes. Mm but not officially. Yeah. So like there are people skiing yeah. and he just, this tramp on skis kind of comes out of nowhere <laughs> Yeah. and he's barching people out the way. Yeah. He ends up in the, the, um, the toboggan run yeah. being chased by a toboggan that people in it with machine guns firing at him. Yeah. And then he leaps out and then he goes into the shooting range, but he's like popping shots at assassins in trees. Yeah. Um, there's some Greco Roman wrestling he does yeah. where he fights off a guy and basically he gets all the way up and he has to kill the guy. The guy's in a, a VIP box. Yeah. And he just runs and he just grabs up a, a pole vaulting uh, pole. Yeah. And he just sticks it in the ground just by the crowd and pole vaults up into the VIP box. Yep. At the back of the stadium. Brilliant. Smashes through the window. And uh, 
the bad guy's name is um I I I like yeah, I like the name kind of like like a Benedict or a or a, a Donovan or because basically I want his surname to be gold. Okay. So when he leaps up through the window, yeah. he can be like, um, I've come to take the gold. Yeah. Or and then literally, he could have like a um I don't know, like a like a silver axe and he goes, You I've got silver, you've got gold, something like that, and he just smashes him in the face yeah. with a silver axe. Um, so his surname's gold, or could his first name be gold? Oh, it's his first name could be gold. Yeah. I mean, or he could just have one name. He could just be called gold. <laughs> <laughs> he's quite yep. flamboyant, and that's why he's running a, a, a committee. <laughs> and he's an ex-Olympian somehow as well. We could fit that one in. But he's also like, yeah. a, I'm just thinking of like a real bureaucrat. Uh, yeah, I think that's good. And I want the the final shot, right? So basically, Dolph Lundgren's hobo, okay, mm. Sven Breach around, mm. has done like the running man thing and all the screens, he plays back the truth. The footage of his wife being killed, yeah. who is responsible. Um, and basically, he's the last shot. So you know the, the winner's podium? Yeah. It's him climbing up that onto the gold spot and holding up uh, the, the the dead body or the severed head of the the villain, yes. and everyone cheers. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like he's exhausted and part of crying, but he's happy because he's finally won. Um, and he kind of holds his second hand up, and then we freeze frame like it's a sports film. Um, and then we have a, a an upbeat kind of Kenny Loggins, Vince yeah. Cola kind of sports montage yes. song. So I'm just looking at some um, additional. Uh, <clears throat> sports from the game. So we've got, so we, we 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 open with the pre-credit sequence of him doing the skiing, shooting kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then we know that he's good at a lot of other stuff. So he's going to come into contact with uh, an East German weightlifter. Yep. He's going to come into contact with a small uh, child gymnast yep. who fights him, tries to strangle him with the silk things. Yep. A crack uh, curling a curling team <laughs> are going to try and curl a bomb his way, yeah. and he has to curl it out the way. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'm just looking at some other other sports that might be quite good. I think artistic swimming would be an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know quite how we get that in there. Um, I don't know whether equestrian would be too complex to do. I don't <laughs> know how you can make an action sequence out of... Unless... No, this is it. Someone set up a load of traps for him, and he ha- he's on a horse somehow, and he has to very delicately have the horse step over. You know, like all the, like when you break into a bank and all the lasers. That's it. He's got to get in. He's 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 been trapped in a in a ranch yeah. in Las Vegas in the desert, yeah. right? Where he's gone to find some information, and someone sets up all these laser activated traps. Yeah. And he's in a barn, and they think they've got him, and he comes out on a horse, and the horse just delicately slips through all the lasers yeah. and over the traps and stuff like that. Brilliant. Done. I've got fencing, karate, let's taekwondo. No, they're no good. Um, just, rowing. Just, might just be putting this out there, are we combining the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics as one event? Are we just kind of just yeah, smushing well, together? I, I, because I, the, the Winter Olympics, we kind of covered all the, the fun stuff, really. So I think yeah, those those are our things. So there'll be there'll be the the killer gymnast, the curling team, the weightlifter, and then the um, 
we, we'll, we'll see if we can work in the equestrian barn escape um, on horseback as well. Who, who um, plays the villain? Who, who, who can you see? Is um, I like either okay. Maxwell Gold or yeah, Gold Maxwell Frank. Gold. Maxwell yeah. Gold. Are we go Maxwell Gold. They just sound yeah, like coffee. Okay. Yeah. So, do you know if I was to say the name mm. Paul Coslow? So, how well do you know the film Robot Jocks? I've heard of said film. So Robot Jocks is a film about, in the future, people decide that countries decide wars by getting two people in giant robot suits to fight each other. Brilliant. Rather than mass battles. Um, and Paul Kozlow is the Russian uh, uh, pilot, and it's basically like someone's <laughs> taken Ivan Drago from um, Rocky Four and shrunk him in a hot wash. He's a tiny but really angry man. <laughs> He's definitely been in some other I stuff. His name um, rings a bell. I'm pretty sure he was the villain in... Have you seen the Gene Hackman, Dan Aykroyd movie? Buddy Cop movie, I shit you not, where Dan Aykroyd is like a, an insane person. <laughs> like a, And Gene Hackman takes him out. Yeah. Um, what was it called? Loose Cannons. Loose Cannons, yes, I have seen. Yeah, he's, he's the bad guy in that as well. But I, I, I don't know. He's the first person because, again, he's. I think he's got a bit of German blood in him. Um, I want to try and find the perfect shot of him. In my and head, I think he would. If I had for some reason, I don't know why, he popped into my. I had Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> as the villain. <laughs> <laughs> he could be his okay. right hand man. He could be uh, the Paul Cosmo's yeah. right hand man. Let me let me show you a picture. Of of that's him in Robot Jocks, yes. Um, and then I don't know what this film is from, but I mean, this is how I imagine he looks in our film. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's I like I like I think, and I think he would be a good fit for that because it's either going to be that or like a um, like an angry Texan character but I, I like Paul Coslow in the role yeah. of, a, of a faintly European because he looks like a tiny Lundgren yeah <laughs> looks like if if they were twins and one of them didn't get enough food in the womb yeah he would come out like that there's another film in there so, somewhere in there we could we could, we yeah. could pitch that one again uh, a la twins so so Paul Coslow yes. and then Gilbert Gottfried as his slimy second with his army of yeah you know Olympic yeah ninjas. you know in the running man the guy who's the lawyer who get who he stabs in the back with the pen, yeah. or like the um, William Atherton character in Ghostbusters? Yeah. He's the one that's kind of legally always like like a media representative and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and can the East German female uh, weightlifter be played by the Arnold Schwarzenegger friend Thor Svensson? Yes, just with lipstick on. <laughs> yes, and uh, a Viking helmet with pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Done I think done. this is this is great. So, Brilliant. are we happy now? How, now we've thrown in this Olympic stuff. Yeah. Are we happy with uh, Hot Tramp, aka da- uh, uh, Hobo Heat? Because I think maybe Gold would be good in the title. Yeah. Maybe downhill. We could have that in the tagline, maybe. So we could have because Heat Heat fits in with the different heats in the Olympics. Yeah. As well as the kind yes. of yeah. 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 Hobo Heat Curling Boogaloo. Could be the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Hobo Heat is a nice one because, like you say, and the, the, the cover, 
could be him running and it's mm. like um it's tape that he's going through but it's not tape it's um a stick of dynamite and it's kind of wrapped around him and the fuse is going and it's been yeah. thrown by Gilbert Gottfried's character who's got a gold suit on and a massive cigar and he's laughing and Paul yeah. Kozlow could be in the background holding up medals but also yeah. um olympic ninjas like as puppets so we could have all these characters yeah. and he's holding like marionette puppets and he's in the background with kind yeah. of just looking really maniacal and I, I definitely think there should be olympic ninjas in this yeah all day long yeah all day long yeah and he's running but he's in his uh, full beard black hair leather jacket um yeah. gurning as he's going and there's just chaos behind it like crashed toboggan uh, the curling, you know, someone smashing the curling towards the screen, that kind of thing. That's yeah. on the poster. I, I, I kind of imagine the the cover to look a lot like the Daily Thompson's Decathlon cover from the <laughs> the old video game, but with Dolph Lundgren in, in a tramp outfit. Yes, he could I, fight. You know, a, he could uh, fight someone like Daily Thompson. Isn't he? You know, like in Running Man, where he's got Jesse Ventura. And I think one of them's like um, an ex WWF wrestler. He could have someone like that. He fights the Olympics. He could be like Daley Thompson, or he could like punch Eddie the Eagle or someone like that in it as well. Yeah, I think it. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there should be an Eddie the Eagle style character who is kind. Who every 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 heat he's kind of practicing. He gets knocked over and he's always like girds at the camera or that, something. That could be Gilbert Gottfried. Oh. That could be Gilbert Gottfried yes. dressed as Eddie the Eagle. Yeah. And you just, every time yeah. he just goes, it just, it, it, it has no relation to the plot. It just cuts back yeah. to him about to start an event and just completely balling it up. And, and he skis into, into a barn or something or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the idea of at one point he skis into the audience and he falls into a woman's bosoms. Yeah. And then the husband stands up and the, the husband's really butch. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like that. I think that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, but again, it's no relation to the action at all. It no. just cuts back to him every time, just ballsing this up completely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Done and done. So the tag I like the tagline something like Breach Around's career was on the was uh on the slopes. Yeah. Um but now he's going for gold. Yes. And it, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, they're done. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more elaborate than than either uh, sort of Dark Angel and uh, The Punisher, but I think you know as that kind of. Gra- I, I want to make it clear that really the Olympic stuff doesn't happen till the end. Everything else is very much gritty, yeah. Las Vegas kind of neon in the in in the distance. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is going to be excellent. But also, what we've done is like Dark Angel slash I Come in Peace. That's a genre high, like you know, two genres. So what we've done there, we've created yeah. an action film that's also a mm. sports film. Absolutely, and it, it, the sports will be very authentic. Yeah. We'll take that very seriously. I, I'd, if we were going to make, make this, I'd want to approach the Olympic Committee and get their endorsement uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Dolph Lundgren's Jack Kane. And the uh, uh, Brian Benham's FBI agent Smith um, distribute, uh, d- sorry, demonstrate lots of kind of policing uh, procedures. What are we going to take from um, 
the Dark Angel movie and put into our uh, handbook for new policemen? I think if you're a policeman and you get the mm-hmm. opportunity to team up with an alien bounty hunter, do it. Yes. Straight away. Yeah. <clears throat> no I like that. If you, if you are the person that makes fa- um, first contact with an alien race, but they are a police um, a representative of kind of law, then your first priority is not to inform the government. It's to team up with them <laughs> yep. and work the case. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, now, I... I was back and forth on a couple of things. Um, but I think I, I like the idea. So Brian Benben's character, this is FBI stuff, but keeps referring to his, the switcher manual. Yeah. So his boss is agent switcher who has written a book on policing. Yep. Uh, or at least on, on being an FBI agent. Um, so I think as a police officer, you should keep extensive notes of your police strategy so that when you die, you can pass that on to uh, your um, to new cops, much like this, to yeah. have a guide on how to police. Yeah. So it shouldn't um, contradict anything in our manual, um, but I think keeping your own manual, you know, if you teach mm. a, if you give a man a fish, mm. he'll eat for a day. If you teach him how to fish, he'll eat forever. If we give the, these new police officers this manual, yeah. you know, they might be good, but if we encourage them to write their own, then it's the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, you know, we're doing good work here, um, Dick. We're we're getting movies out. We're doing we're doing very academic reviews of movies. We're course correcting careers uh, with movies, you know, like Shatterforce and uh, like Hobo Heat. Yeah. Um, and we are um, writing the book on, on law enforcement. Yep. You know, the, the Bible on law enforcement, really. It's yes. Not, not the book. Yeah, the, the Bible. The, or just, we'll just call it the Bible. Okay. Let's just call it the Bible. <laughs> yeah. The new Bible. Uh, don't um, so um, I'm quite excited about next week because next week we take a slight deviation from traditional policing mm-hmm. and we're going to watch a film that I haven't seen mm. yet. Ever. So uh, we won't tell you what that is now, um, but by next week I will have seen it and I'll be very excited to share my thoughts. Um, I very much enjoyed the soundtrack listing when I looked it up. Um, so God only knows what the film yeah. has <clears throat> entailed. Brace so yourself. we'll see you back here uh, next week for more hard casting. That sounds like a casting couch thing and I, I regret saying it like that. For more... <laughs> <laughs> for more podcasting um, that's hard we haven't got a couch I've, or anything that's hard no. on the couch I've and I'm not hard and I'm pretty sure Dick's only semi-hard so yeah. we're all good here flaccid